And now on the Business Radio X Network, another exciting episode with Jamie Overdove in Connecting Tucson with Jamie. All right. Well, good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Connecting Tucson with Jamie Overturf. We are coming to you live on TucsonBusinessRadioX.com in the corporate offices on Broadway of the Stuart Title Studios. We focus mainly on making connections for our community and local business. Today, we have a very special guest in the Stuart Title corporate offices, Paul Kukic. Did I pronounce that correct? You were perfect on that. All right. I just wanted to make sure. Well, welcome, Paul. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you for coming. Paul is actually the owner and operator of one of my favorite food trucks, Burgerito. And I have to say, I seriously have developed an addiction of your food over the past few years. <laughs> we embrace our stalkers very well. I, I'd say I'm a stalker. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm a Burgerito stalker. Love it. Um, Paul, you've basically lived pretty much from coast to coast, and you're a master baker. So I could safely say food is one of your passions, right? I'm a passion foodie. Oh, I love that term, foodie. Um, well, you've been in customer service your whole life, and you finally took the plunge to own and operate your own bur- business, Burgerito. And I, for one, am certainly happy that you did, and I'm sure Tucson is as well. So thank you so much for joining me on the show and letting our listeners know a little bit more about you and your business. Thank you for stocking my truck. (laughs) I'm going to use that. Thank you for stocking my truck. Okay. So let's just go ahead and jump right in. Is that okay, Paul? Perfect. All right. So, Paul, tell me a little bit about yourself and your background first off. Well, um, I am married. I've been married for about nine years. Congratulations. Uh, thank you. Thank you. I've uh, been living here in Tucson for about 11 years now. I moved here from Denver, Colorado. I uh, lived in Denver, Colorado off and on for about 25 years. And that is where my childhood favorite, what was Denver known as the Mexican hamburger. And that's what the name of the burgerito comes from is oh. the Mexican hamburger from Denver, which some people kind of are misconstrued of what Mexican food is. But in Denver, they call it Chicano cuisine. Chicano cuisine. Okay. <laughs> nice. Okay. So, um, why move from Colorado to Tucson then? Well, you know, baby's mama. <laughs> <laughs> I hear that. Baby mama. Um, so, obviously, you lived in Colorado. So, did you start Burgerito up in Colorado or did you actually start that here in Tucson? Well, it's a funny thing is I um, had been living here for about three years. Okay. And, uh, I had an opportunity to go back to Colorado to visit family and friends and whatnot, and also do the uh, legendary Tough Mudder. <gasps> I love Mudder. <laughs> Sorry. And uh, it was in the uh, the ski resort in, in Denver over at Beaver Creek. Okay. And uh, it was 10 miles long. Uh, I had the bumps, the bruises, the mud, the blood, the raspberries, the blueberries all over my body. and The fruit. Oh, yeah. I had the guy had the brute. And, uh, <laughs> At the end, I, while I was having my reward of my beer, mm-hmm. I also had my Mexican hamburger. And I was just like, oh, my God, I sure wish I could have this back home in Tucson where now I live. And this light bulb just popped up. I said, well, why can't I? And so I started utilizing my, my uh, uh, you know, people that I know in, in Denver, because that's where all my friends and family are from. And I, were able, I was able to utilize my, uh, the people that I know to help me get the taste that I love so I could be able to make, start making it for myself in Tucson. Nice. And then I was like thinking a little bit uh, deeper. I was like, 
why not allow everybody to be able to enjoy my childhood favorite? Hence, the Burgerita was born. I tried using the name Mexican Hamburger, but the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce felt like it was a racial slur. Oh, no. So I had to go back to the drawing board to figure out what exactly a Mexican hamburger is. Hence, half cheeseburger, half burrito. Oh, my goodness. Burgerito. I love it. I love that concept, burgerito. Okay. So you obviously didn't always want to own your own business. So, and, you, and you knew you wanted to bring that concept to life to Tucson. So why a food truck versus a brick-and-mortar store? As a small business, you want to be able to start small. Uh, you don't want to put all your eggs into one basket just in case it fails. Okay, that's smart. Um, and so having a food truck, uh, when I first started the business seven years ago, I was technically the 22nd savory food truck. Savory represented as a menu uh, from a menu style restaurant that you would get at a brick and mortar. And since I've been in the business for seven years, according to the Pima County Health Department, there are now about 194 savory food trucks in Tucson. So there's a lot of competition all around Tucson. Oh, I can only imagine the competition. So you just decided at that point, you know, brick and mortar just has too much capital and you wanted to start off with a smaller capital and just do the food truck type mm -hmm. of situation. Okay. Well, as I mentioned before, I'm certainly happy, happy you decided to bring your love of food to Tucson, even if my waistline has decided that it's not so happy because I do stock your food truck. My wife feels the same way. She <laughs> says she gained about 20 pounds as I opened up my doors too. So. <laughs> well, you know, tortillas are not all... You know, they have a little bit more fat and lard than normal bread, but it's still the best burgerito that I've ever had. I but have to I will say continuously that. lie to you and say that it's all fat free. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you so very much. So now that we're talking about a burgerito, we kind of, we kind of know what the concept is. Burger, burrito, put them together, burgerito. What kind of products and services does burgerito food truck offer? Well, the burgerito food truck, it started out seven years ago with only four items. And I wanted to build a store small, and I, I recognized introducing a concoction in an area that is known for the Sonoran hot dogs, mm -hmm. the Tex-Mex, the carne asada. You see a Sonoran hot dog on every corner, every it seems corner. like. And introducing a concoction like a Mexican hamburger, or in this case, a burgerito, I found myself kind of spinning my wheels. I was introducing something that people were kind of closed-minded to. Ah. So what I had to do is essentially create a menu that what people know okay. Pe people are familiar with your grilled cheeses your pulled porks a uh, variety of different kind of sandwiches that they know they go with what they know so my thought process was to create a menu as a one-stop shop for any family of five uh, and then once they get familiar and comfortable with the product that we serve then a lot of people will kind of go outside that bubble and try the burgerito for the very first time. And for those of you that are listening, try it. Just try it. <laughs> Listen to that inner voice. What the burgerito is essentially to get people a way to kind of taste my words in a way. Okay. Uh, but what it is, is a 12-inch flour tortilla, refried beans, a quarter-pound hamburger patty that we just cut in half, and then the texture like that of a stew almost, is a New Mexico hatch pork green chili over the hamburger patty. That's Shredded what cheddar right cheese gives you a nice gooey sensation rolled up into a burrito. 
it is, like I said, one of the most phenomenal products that I have tried. And I was skeptical. My husband actually um, was the first to discover you. You might not know this, but Rich was like, you've got to try this new food truck place. I'm like, okay, a food truck? Okay, let's try Let's go for it. And he's like, you got to have the regular burrito. I'm like, okay, let's do it. And I was blown away. <laughs> like, oh my goodness. The flavor profile that was coming out of your burrito was just phenomenal. The hatch green chilies, I wasn't expecting. It was just delicious. And you even hand delivered our first one. I don't know if you know that. But we were I've sitting. I've done that an awful lot. Yeah, in my we were sitting. We weren't, we just didn't go up to the food truck. We ordered and then you hand delivered it. There was some place that we're sitting out. I thought that was really exceptional. Curbside so. service at its best. I know. Truckside service, curbside service. You do actually have a very, diverse menu and I was surprised when I went there most food trucks have a very limited um, service um, I personally have a goal to try everything that's on your menu but I have yet to get past the burgerito I think I've had that about 15 or 16 times now one of these days hence the word stalker I know right? Stalk. <laughs> I will actually but when you have a burgerito going back to a regular burger or grilled cheese is kind of hard for me because you know it's like I can only get this at one place so I get that there so obviously you know I have my favorite um, what's your favorite menu item well I find that my my menu and all the sauces that I create are like music it just kind of depends on your mood mm -hmm. you know uh, my mood would not always be your mood so my favorite may not be your favorite but I will tell you um, as we speak the number one most requested sandwich on our menu is actually a pulled pork grilled cheese sandwich say what pulled pork grilled cheese sandwich Another fusion that I kind of was intermingled, but it's I've a. I've seen uh, the grilled cheese on your sand on mm -hmm. your menu board, but I have yet to see. Is that on your menu? It the pulled is. Pork? It is. It's on a I new updated menu. What that oh, entails is that's a why it's new Texas updated. toast bread, okay. shredded cheddar cheese, our pulled pork that is smoked with applewood and pecan, more shredded cheddar cheese, the topper, and then we grill both sides of the bread. And my sample is where. <laughs> Coming right yet after this uh, this podcast. <laughs> All right, I'm holding you to that. I'm just saying, no, but, I'm hungry. But many many people have swore to me that this new sandwich is is, is a, such a phenomenon that they actually acquired a foodgasm. Love that term, foodgasm. <laughs> I'm like writing this down as we speak. Foodgasm. He can attest to this. So. Obviously, you didn't bring me a sample, so I'm going to have to come and check you out. That actually um, leads me to my next question. Most food trucks that I see actually have a specific spot that they sit down on, um, and they're there every single day between certain hours. You don't do that. You actually have kind of a what I consider like a remote location. You travel, per se. So how can people find you, and like, where do you pick or how do you pick the spots that you do? Well, that's the beauty of having the food truck is, I mean, if I wanted to be stationary, I would have got a brick and mortar. And mm -hmm. so having a food truck gives me the, the flexibility to have me go to different people instead of not have them all come to me all the time. So people in the Northwest, Marana, Oro Valley, Corona, Vail, Rancho Cerrita, all over Tucson, they know that at least once a month or twice a month, I'm going to be in a neighborhood near you. And then like you, they stock my truck. We do. We, we stalk it through Instagram and Facebook. And Twitter. 
I don't do, I don't tweet. Is that what it's called? I don't tweet. <laughs> Maybe you'll learn to tweet. <laughs> That's that bird one, right? <laughs> I really should know this. <laughs> but I really don't tweet. But I do Instagram and Facebook, so I know those. Uh, two out of three. Uh, yeah, there's that, I suppose. <laughs> All right. So you've been in business for seven years, um, and you've got a really good following and reputation. Is there any, I guess notions in the future of actually getting a brick and mortar store or are you looking at maybe getting more food trucks what does the vision look like for five years for burgerito well my wife gets mad at me all the time because she wakes up every morning and she asks me how i slept and i and i tell her i'm tired i was working all night because i'm constantly creating new things and new menus and new creations and uh, i do have plans uh, i'm actually close to pulling the trigger of creating a new food truck that I think will absolutely take Tucson by storm. Are we going to hear that today? I cannot tell you today. Darn. Um, you'll have to please stand by. <laughs> please stand by and we'll have you back on. How about that? Perfect. <laughs> well, either way, I can tell you um, you're doing something right. And actually, that leads me to my next question. You're not doing a brick and mortar store and you do different areas. Do you ever host parties or events or do you do catering? We do. Uh, we customize our package that we have depending on what, you know, when, where, why, how many people and stuff like that. Um, we do graduation parties, birthday parties, uh, retirement parties. Uh, we've even done bachelorette parties. Um, I so. can see that. <laughs> no laughing at that. Um, but yeah, we, we just go right to the person's uh, backyard, garage, uh, driveway. Uh, sometimes it's a warehouse. Uh, just kind of depends on where it's at. And we we show up. We create our our passion for our food. Um, we And then we leave. We pick up, clean up all the mess. And you, the only thing you have to worry about is um, when the next time you can have another burgerito. Exactly. So that being said, let's say one of my listeners are thinking, hmm, they're catering, they'll bring their food truck. Do you have a specific minimum that you need to meet in order to do that? Is there a fee or do you have to promise a certain number of bur burgeritos? How does that work? The way we do it, uh, our prices are designed because we understand that, you know, people have large families. I mean, that's just exactly. the way our society is. And the average family is family of five. So uh, we understand how pricey it can be. So uh, our minimum to, to be doing catering uh, is 70 people uh, for birthday parties, retirement parties, stuff like that. And that, what that does essentially is keep our prices exactly how you see them on our menu. Okay. Uh, so if you want something that is you know, $4, you get it, you only charge you $4. You want something that's ten dollars? Well, I'm going to charge you ten dollars, but you get what you pay for. I don't really like to lean on putting a price on someone's head because that that sounds very barbaric. <laughs> you know, I really like that. You pay for what you order. So mm -hmm. if you order more pricey items, it's going to be more expensive. If you order some, you know, less expensive items, it'll be less cheaper. But at least that way, you're still getting your name out there. And we have had people, um, you know, complain. Well, I didn't get full off of four bucks. Well you spend five or six dollars you will get full you know yeah. so you do get what you pay for i absolutely believe that concept of course you know my business that's what i do but anyways um you're obviously doing something right either way you you do some catering you do some large events um you always have a packed crowd whenever i see 
that you're going somewhere, be it down at Raytheon or if you're on an offsite event. And they always look happy. They have a smile on their face. So to what do you attribute to your success? Well, Why do you I, think you're so successful? I really want people to be able to enjoy the ambiance of going to a food truck. There's a food truck frenzy going around nationwide, coast to coast. And there is so much competition out there. Um, and I really want them to be able to enjoy their stay at my store. What we do then is um, we... We sing, we dance, sometimes we keep our clothes on, you know, we entertain our people <laughs> so that they are entertained. Uh, and uh, what, it seems like two or three minutes waiting for the food was actually maybe five or six. So by entertaining our, our, our guests, our crowds, uh, it makes their, their stay enjoyable, entertaining, and they bring their friends so we can entertain more and more people. Well, I can certainly attest that being a business owner, you have to do something sometimes to entice the crowd and kind of, you know, have them look one way while something's going on the other way to make things happen so they're enjoyable. Um, but I also find the hours can sometimes be taxing. What about you? The hours? Yeah, the hours you're working. Well, you know, the when you're an entrepreneur, uh, it is like a Clint Eastwood movie. you got the good, the bad, and the ugly. Uh, <laughs> the good, obviously, is the rewards of turning people's uh, frowns upside down, almost turn into a Toys R Us kid, I guess, in some ways, uh, with the creativity that I've made. But the hours can be pretty strenuous. Um, during the summertime, you know, when you lose all the snowbirds, you know, lose all the U of A students, you know, you lose 180, 200,000 people total. So it gets kind of crazy and really hot and difficult, especially since my food truck does not have AC. And by not having AC, when Ouch. we have a weather here of 105, 110 degrees, it'll get about 130, 140. So then now Burgerito is almost like Burgerito slash Jenny Craig because I'm fattening <laughs> people up and I'm losing weight. Hey, that's a good diet plan, right? <laughs> but I, I can honestly tell you that the amount of hours that you put in as an entrepreneur is quite a bit. I think I work more hours now for myself than I did when I worked for somebody else. But then again, I also decided to invest in myself because I believe in myself and you know, my husband may say something different. Like I might need to be home a little bit more, but yes, I get that. Well, people, Absolutely. people do think, especially the older generation, they, they look at it. So categorize it as a roach coach. Mm -hmm. You just set up and you're, you're eating something that was either made three hours, five hours, eight hours. But the food trucks in today's society are really glorified kitchens. And there's a lot of behind the scenes, uh, work, you know, so, I'd say 75% of the work that I do, I don't get paid for. I only get paid for when I open the doors. So the prep, the cleanup, the cooking, the marketing, all that's entailed behind the scenes to be able to create um, a, a, a food that the people- that yeah, you create. Yeah, and then after the I'm really tired, <laughs> After I'm really tired, I have to be able to put on that happy face and, and drink a six-pack of uh, Monsters. There you go. <laughs> oh, God, I couldn't drink a six-pack of Monster. Uh, I would be up uh, for days. We need to have a conversation about what you drink in, sir. That'll be our next show. <laughs> <laughs> next show, next show. So I imagine there's some specialized training that you need to do prior to opening up a food truck, um, at least legally. Um, tell us a little bit about what you have to do to become a licensed food truck handler in Tucson. Well, there's a lot of things that entailed if if someone wants to try to become an entrepreneur themselves. Um, certainly, you want to be able to uh, get yourself licensed properly to the city mm -hmm. um, of Tucson or Marana or Oro Valley, wherever you're going. Um, and then you have to create a, uh, uh, a 
basically a blueprint of a food truck that you're going to be uh, serving. Um, the blueprint is then delivered to um, the Pima County Health Department. Uh, they review it. They do a review plan on it. Uh, usually, you know, it's been a while since I've had to do it, seven years, but when I did it, it was a lot cheaper than it is now. <laughs> I suspect, uh, seeing how they've doubled their food trucks. Yes, yes. Um, but they do a plan review. They come out and inspect the truck, make sure that everything is going to be uh, uh, safe, uh, make sure that everything is going to be uh, you no know, no leaking with gas, no leaking with water, thing like that. Uh, you also have to get inspected through um, uh, the fire marshal, uh, usually Golden Ranch, to make sure that you're up to date with the fire suppression. And the fire suppression itself could run you seven to ten thousand dollars all by itself. So exactly, you don't want a fire in the food truck. Right, right. Coming from the insurance professional. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it is quite an investment. So you got to really make sure that you are all in. Uh, I know when I first started, my truck was. I mean, my first truck was truly a piece of crap, <laughs> uh, and I had a vision. And when my wife first saw this truck, she didn't ask me. She told me to take it back. And it, <laughs> and it was worse than the movie uh, of Chef, if anybody's seen that movie Chef. But uh, again, I had this vision. I made all the necessary adjustments and, and, and uh, made sure that the, the, health, the health department was happy, the, uh, the, the fire marshal was happy, and... Um, off I went. I mean, it's it's been quite a quite a unique uh, you know um, journey. Uh, my wife wanted me to uh, do the part time thing with the food truck and maybe kind of build yourself up a little bit. And I told her, I says, you gotta you know you gotta put all your eggs in this. You either you know crap or get off the pot. <laughs> you gotta make that plunge and say, am I really swim. gonna do this or? Yeah. Going half in and half out as an entrepreneur can be very devastating. But so. the rewards that I found was just a year and a half in, uh, I do a lot of mud runs. And uh, we were Team Burgerito, and the Team Burgerito <laughs> all had white shirts. So we did a before and after. <laughs> I've done several mud runs, and I can actually say that that's probably... Oh my goodness! I can just see her. I can just visualize it. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> and it was so cool. Is that my wife? She was reluctant to put on a burgerito shirt. Like this is kind of stupid, you know, whatever. But she was really amazed at how many p people came up to us. Oh, I love you guys. You guys rock, you know. And she goes, "Wow, people they know you." And that at that time is when she started taking the business and my That's passion more seriously. So good. That is so good. Now, I, I know that in um, like brick and mortar stores, there's like serve safe programs or classes that you've got to do for like making sure food is cooked properly. Do you do the same types of things? In Absolutely. Your food truck? And people who are unfamiliar with the process, yes, we are under the same guidelines as the brick and mortar, taking the same classes the brick and mortars do. Uh, however, um, the brick and mortars, they're inspected maybe once or twice a year. Uh, the food trucks, believe it or not, they're actually more safe than a brick and mortar. And especially ones who are always on the go, like mine, is because uh, you don't have the rodent problems. You don't have the roaches problem because the truck is always on the run, you know. And, and you that's never very, thought of that? That's, that's, that's genius. And it's very, very special for people to be educated that – you know, the trucks are actually more clean and more, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, inspected twice as much as a uh, brick and mortar is. 
Well, you know what? That's very interesting. I never knew that all of that went into running a food truck. I had suspected, you know, that you had to take the same classes, but it's very rewarding to know that you guys are inspected and everything else. So it's nice to know, and I'm sure my listeners are learning something as I am. Um, Well, if you ever do open up a brick and mortar, give me a call. I can definitely help you, but, you know. You're obviously a workaholic as well, because you said you work long hours, you didn't I sleep well. I work like a Hebrew slave. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, but you do have to have time to decompress. You mentioned some mud runs. So what do you like to do in your free time, when you have it, that is? Because I know you don't really have a lot of it. Um, I'm, a, I'm a big sports fiend, so I enjoy my football. I enjoy my hockey. Um, I love the local sports here in Tucson as well. Um, uh, but, yeah, the mud runs, are that's a big passion of mine. I can't... Uh, play sports at a level that I had done for most of my life. You know, I've I've boxed for five years. I've uh, played football, semi-pro football for five years. So um, it's taken an awful lot of beating. Plus, I'm I'm old. <laughs> I'm hitting fifty, so you really can't hit that level of of uh, um, you know playing the level that I've been accustomed to all my life. So the only thing that I could find to be able to release that is the mud runs. You know, I could go at my own pace. Um, I see a lot of the youngsters pass me by all the time, but that's okay. But it's my my opportunity to be able to release. It's my opportunity to be able to get muddy, get dirty, because when I'm at work, I have to be super clean. Exactly. And I can tell you, um, I do a lot of mud runs as well. I love mud runs. The last one I did was the Dirty Girl mud run up in Phoenix. And people, I think, also have some misconceptions about mud runs. It's not about just trying to get the fastest time. The people that are there doing that with you are trying to build you up and build that camaraderie and just help you along the way. It's team play. And I think that's what kind of shocked me. When I first heard it, I was like, "Eh, you know, people are just going to be like running me over and like pushing me off to the side. That was not the case. I was pleasantly surprised. I'm like, oh, they're helping me up this wall. What? I'm getting shocked by this. I I did a Spartan. That was that was rough. Um, (laughs) But (laughs) you get the electroshocks on the Spartans. I don't know mm-hmm. if you've ever done that, but that was just crazy. So speaking of misconceptions, I was actually prepping for this interview, and I spoke to a few of my peeps. Um, not all were fans of food trucks, but I set them straight on Burgerito and that they needed to check you out. Just thought I'd let you and know. thank you for your support. Yeah, um, but I was wondering, is this like a common theme that's out there, or are there any misconceptions about food trucks that you get all the time besides the Roach Coaches? Uh, well, yeah. Um It's funny you say that. A lot of people automatically assume that because, you know, we're Tucson, we're so close to the border, uh, so many people think that every truck they see is a Mexican truck. (laughs) I never would have thought that. Oh, well, that's interesting. Yeah. So you see a taco truck or a Mexican, they they look at me, I'll take a carne asada. I'm like, I have eight different kinds of meats on my truck and carne asada (laughs) is not one of them. So... You know, so that's a big oh, no. misconsumption um, when you don't, um, you know, you, you blend in with everybody else, so they automatically assume. So that being said, how do you um, combat and overcome these misconceptions in the industry? What do you yourself do or what does Burgerito do? Well, first thing I had to do was paint my truck blue. <laughs> blue? Why blue? Well, most of the food, uh, Mexican food trucks are white, for okay. one. Okay. Um, and I'm also a big Bronco fan, uh, Ooh, coming from Denver, Denver. So my my colors of home uh, of the Bronco lover is orange and orange blue. Orange and blue, so, absolutely. Yeah. Orange, blue, and white, though. Let's you know, there's white in there. There is some too. white. There's some white. 
<laughs> so orange. So you you painted your truck blue. Is there any orange on it? There is orange. The burgerito logo. There is a lot of orange in the burgerito logo. Yes, that's why I did what I did. Yeah. Okay. So I see how you're going. So definitely very interesting. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Connecting Tucson with Jamie Overturf and Farmers Insurance, where we focus on connecting our community and local businesses. As your local insurance professional for both personal and commercial lines insurance needs and a small business owner myself, I know how important it is to make new and lasting connections in your own community. You never know how a connection will create a spark or pull you in a direction you were not even thinking of. If you're a small business owner or involved in a community project and would like to be featured on this show, please give me a call. Um, I'd love to give you my information and see how we can help you. All of my information is on TucsonBusinessRadioX.com. I'd love to hear from you. Today we're talking to Paul Kukic, who owns Burgerito, one of the best food trucks in town. Trust me, just go. If you've not tried them yet, you don't know what you're missing, so go on out there and take a look at them. Paul, we're just talking about some misconceptions that people have about food trucks. And as I mentioned, um, I spoke to several people prior to this interview to do a little research. So not only did I find that there were some common misconceptions that we spoke of earlier, but there was like mixed reviews of food trucks just in general. Like they've tried them, they were good. They tried them, they were bad. They tried them, they were just mediocre. Um, it seems that this industry as a whole has some varying degrees of not only food, but service. And you have to be on your A game to make it work. So what does it take to be one of the best food trucks in Tucson? Well, you have the, may have the mentality that you are only as good as you were yesterday. And so the more you're consistent that you're out and about uh, serving your food um, gives you an opportunity to be able to maintain and have that drive of excellence, uh, not just only with the food, the flavor, but also the service. Uh, it becomes more like a triangle, you know, um, food service and and just flavor i mean that's just everybody there's so it many seems food trucks. simple but quite honestly i've 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 tasted some food trucks that were not that good but you say it's a triangle food consistency service taste not everybody has it how do you achieve it what do you do well i'm kind of old school okay. uh, my 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 dad uh also was an entrepreneur and i learned a lot of my uh, work ethics and creativity uh, of being an entrepreneur from my dad. Um, he owned three liquor stores over a period of 16 years. And the old school way of doing business is mano to mano, uh, face to face, get to know who's making your food, who get to know who's you're taking the money from as far as your customers. Mm -hmm. And you really have to have that certain drive uh, consistently to be able to connect. Um, there are so many different variety of personalities and styles out there that you have to know how to adjust to the person that you're talking to, each person that comes to your truck. Some people are very serious, some people are very corporate, uh, some people are just, they're class clowns. So you have to be able to find a way to be able to connect to each one individually. So their food, their service are all driven to be itemized to that person. I have to agree with you. Um it seems like Tucson is a little bit different when you're doing business. We are kind of a small, like a large city, but with a small town mentality. People, when they're trying to do business with someone, they want to get to know you and kind of know who you are and what you're doing um, versus going up to Phoenix where it's all just business. 
Do you agree or do you find something different? Like working from Colorado to here, do you see a difference in Tucson versus Colorado or any other state? It's a big difference. Uh, I've had the pleasure to live in large cities all over the United States. And um, I find that Tucsonans, they're more personable. Um, uh, they find you, you know, on the side of the road somewhere, they'll stop and help you. Uh, there's a lot more personal neighborly love here than in the big city, for sure. I happen to agree wholeheartedly. So what does a typical day on Burgerito food truck look like for you? How do you start your day and how do you end your day? What do you do? Work, 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 and work. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, give us a typical day of what you do. Well, to guarantee the freshness, uh, and that's the most important, um, I get a lot of my foods, uh, like a lot of restaurants and also food truck owners uh, from, you know, Shamrock or Restaurant Depot, things that are classified strictly for restaurants. Uh, I shop there every day. I get my needs for what I know I'm going to be using so for that day. Fresh. So, yeah, my lettuce, avocados, tomatoes, everything is fresh, 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 fresh. So you shop. Uh, and I usually show up at my events usually about an hour early. Uh, and at that time, I dice up my tomatoes, dice up my onions, get everything, get my line filled up. Um, and it allows me to be able to get everything done to get that 10 minutes of relief. Decompress for a second Just before decompress. that chaos starts. Right, right. <laughs> and, and when the people come, they bottleneck. They they come in herds, <laughs> for say. They don't all just like, oh, they see someone up there and they're like, we all have to go up there. They can't just trickle, right? That's that's right. And, and that's the beauty of our truck is, again, the service. Uh, a lot of food trucks, they serve great food uh, or good food, but, but it takes 10, 15 minutes to get that food. And a lot of places that we hit, like Raytheon, uh, they have time restraints. Mm -hmm. So it's our job to be able to get that extra person on staff to, to assure that the people who are waiting for the food are only two to five minutes. And that's key. That's really huge to be able to have that sense of urgency, not that one gear like an hourly employee would have. Right. Uh, you want to get them to be able to... Um, be able to enjoy your food instead of having a choke on it because they have to go back to work. Yeah, I, I for one, like to chew my food, not swallow it whole. So <laughs> 100% agree. And obviously, like I said, people love you, and that's that's part of it. So we spoke a moment ago about your success in the industry, and I always find that with some success comes learning experiences. What would you say is your biggest learning experience when opening and starting your own business and what do you wish somebody would have told you when you first started? Well, the one thing I wish somebody would have told me starting a food truck is do not start it right before summertime. <laughs> that would be bad, right? Because you know, everybody's gone. Yeah, Everybody leaves. And when you're introducing a concoction as, as new and fresh as a burgerito, uh, it, was, it was me spinning my wheels. Yeah. Uh, I really had to be aggressive to uh, create a, a strong marketing pan where I had my menus and I was going through all these variety of businesses and I, I felt like I was almost becoming a Jehovah's Witness because I, <laughs> I was going to so many doors. Um, but I really wish that somebody would have kind of took me under their wing a little bit to kind of show me the ins and outs instead of having such a trial and error um, 
there's a lot of food trucks that were uh, inspired uh, the success of our truck that have gone on to open up their own trucks. And I've done for them what I wish was done to me as far as uh, helping them get events, helping them know how to you know prepare for these events, how much prep to do, um, who to talk to, when to talk to them, the whole nine yards. So I've tried to be like that in a sort of kind of way, a big brother among a lot of the, you know, the younger food trucks. So is there some type of program that maybe you've started to help like new food truck pro, you know, people come in or is that something where if someone's looking to talk to you, they can, how does that work? Yeah. Yeah. I've had a lot of people want to pick my brain a little bit. So people have called me, people have emailed me at burgerito uh, at hotmail.com. Uh, that's B-U-R-G-E-R-R. I-T-O. Don't forget the second R. Don't forget the second R at Hotmail. And um, I'm always a phone call away. I, I, I have no problems assisting those who have the same kind of drive and passion that I have for the past seven years to help them get their, uh, their passion up and off the ground. I think that is so important as a business owner. That's one thing I really love about Tucson. Tucson is really a small community in a big city, and we want to make those connections and help people succeed because if our community succeeds, we all succeed. We can share the wealth, but if we start to decline, we all start to see the decline. So I really do wish more people like yourself would go out and help those young entrepreneurs and show them the way because we can't always do it. We're going to have to have people to come up and come behind us. So... I commend you for that. Thank you so much for doing that. Thank you. Um, so for me, honestly, opening a business was just eye-opening, and I had to plunge in and, and take the risk to invest in myself, which, you know, I am glad I did, but there were some ebbs and flows and many, many days where I probably worked 18 hours and my husband was like, where were you again? Um, <laughs> a lot, a lot of that, and I missed some time with my son. Um, so that being said, I struggle with the work-life balance. Some owners, maybe not so much, but we wear so many different hats as an entrepreneur. We have business owner, HR, payroll, customer service. Like You have to know it all as a business owner. You don't have the luxury of having a corporate head or entity over you having structure and different people. Um, so... How do you structure your work-life balance or do you structure it? And if you do, give me some tips because I need some help. My husband is definitely frustrated. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a trial and error. You know, what will work for what one person won't work for another. Uh, yeah. So what has worked for me is um, patience. My wife has been very, very patient. Uh, she understands the severity of the food truck being an entrepreneur that um, – for every day you take off, you're technically unemployed. And that's, a, and that's very, exactly. very key. So you can't always go on vacation. And, and yeah, you have a lot of uh, leniency to be able to create. But at the same time, people who work for corporations find that. They get that paid vacations. Mm -hmm. You and I as an entrepreneur, when we don't go to work, we don't get paid. Exactly. So she understands that more and more now that I'm seven years into the business. That's good. Um, you know, I try to uh, create time so that if I know some of the events of people who are reaching out to me to do different functions, if I know that it's not going to be a, a profitable um, event for me, 
I will prefer them to try out different variety of trucks that are out there in Tucson. Well, this okay. this gives me the opportunity to be able to go out there for the the big fish, I guess you could say, uh, so I can be able to try focusing a more balanced uh, with my family life. You know, that's that's a really good point. You know, being able to say no to somebody that you know that it's not going to work out for you, even though you'd like to be there and get your name there, if you're not going to potentially make the money that you need to be there, that could be something to, to set you apart. Well, it's something that I have to do more than most food trucks because I have such a higher overhead than probably 90% of the food trucks out there because I have the seven different kinds of meats on the truck. I have eight different homemade sauces of the sandwiches, wraps, salads, vegetarian, vegan, gluten-free, mm -hmm. keto. I do all the variety of things to meet so many different variety of demands. Uh, so when someone is calling me to do, you know, 25, 30 people is going to be there. I'm probably not going to be that truck unless you want to pay per head, which I hate doing. Yeah, you hate doing it, but also, too, if, the, if they really want you out there, that is the option that they have. You so get what you pay for. You do. You get what you pay for. So I do understand it's important to have balance. I, I don't always get that. It's easier said than done. So I will work on it. I will work on saying no more, but I have... The, that that word doesn't usually come out of my vocabulary very often. Well, your your discipline, your you know, you have a certain drive that what makes an entrepreneur an entrepreneur. Exactly. And you you also have that competitive spirit that all you want is a little more than you'll ever get. Yeah, so true. So we actually touched on this a little bit earlier. There are so many food trucks in Tucson. Like, it is literally one of the most competitive markets. It's doubled in almost seven years. How do you stay competitive and relevant with so many food trucks out there? Well, you know, there is, there is so many uh, fantastic talent out there. You always have to look to create um, to stay ahead of the game. Um, one of the things that I have that's worked for me is because I have such a strong, solid following on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You use a lot, you, you, you utilize social media quite a bit. What I do when I use my social media is I'm always, always, always announcing new create items that I'm, that I'm putting on the menu. And it keeps people in anticipation of what's Burgerito going to come up with next. So your new item is... <laughs> <laughs> I have a couple of them. The, the newest one I launched uh, about two weeks ago, it's uh, an actual East Coast co-cut sub. There is not a food truck here in Tucson that are actually doing co-cuts. And I find that very, very odd because people want to be able to eat something that's cool and refreshing when it's 110, 115 Versus degrees. Hot. Exactly. So I, it's, a, it's a true East Coast sub. Um, it's a mortadella, hot capicola, salami, and smoked ham. Uh, lettuce, tomato, onions, some Italian seasoning, some olive oil, vinegar, and then one of my choice of sauces, normally a damn ranch, which is like a tint of spice in our homemade ranch. Well, I'm very interested in that. In case you didn't know, I actually hail from the East Coast, Maine, so I know all about those So you'll be cuts. my biggest critic. I will be your biggest <laughs> critic. I lived on the East Coast for a while, and I got it in that white wrapped paper with everything, and like, yeah, I, I remember those. So I might actually have something new that I will try instead of the regular burgerito. The, the newest sandwich I'm launching here in about two weeks, it's similar to what the Italian sub is. Only this one is going to be on a brochure bun. Ooh. 
which is like a soft, chewy bread, mm -hmm. semi-sweet. Um, and it has the same meats as the Italian bread, um, only I add bacon to this sucker. Uh, the capicola, mortadella, salami, smoked ham, uh, with provolone cheese with two stacks, and then I grill it. And then uh. I grill and toast the bread. Uh, yeah, it's, a, a, it's truly a phenomenon. Well... Now I have my work cut out for me. I'm, I'm gonna thinking have to figure about naming. My, my producer's over there salivating. I can see it. He's like <laughs> <laughs> well, being living in the East Coast myself for uh, for a number of years, I'm I'm almost thinking about narrowing it down to two different names for this sandwich. Mm. Maybe and you should put that onto social media on how they should uh, name it. Maybe you should name it. Yeah, I'll put a, a post of the picture because I always name have a couple this. pictures. Name this. Uh, the two ones that I personally really like is because I have so much weird names on my menu uh this one here i'm looking at either how you doing Ooh. or forget about it i like the forget about it <laughs> let's do it i want to go up to your window and be like i want to order the forget about it <laughs> i can already see that right now that's how it's going to happen so obviously running your we, we already know running your business is hard work um not everyone is cut out to be an entrepreneur let's just be frank on that piece um, it takes money, connections, and the know-how to run your own business. And so many fail within the first two years. I've seen so many businesses start up and so many businesses leave. You've stuck around and you've stayed the course. How did you financially and mentally prepare for entrepreneurship? And I mean, we don't have a guaranteed paycheck or insurance. like No, you really do. don't. So how, how, did, how did you prepare? Well, since I've been in the industry of seven years, uh, again, I've told you earlier that there's about 194 savory food trucks. In that 194, there's been an average of 12 to 17 food trucks going out of business every year. Uh, so it's it's a very tough and challenging. Uh, you have to know how to be able to um, adjust your your economics you have to understand the the business plan of what are, you know the P&Ls the profit and losses uh, you have to really watch that what you buy takes away from your bottom line mm -hmm. um, but you can't sacrifice quality no you really can't sacrifice quality but you have to be able to understand that if you do say $1,200 in sales and you're bragging about it and your food cost was $900, well, that's nothing to be proud of. <laughs> you made $300. <laughs> and yeah. not even that because there might be some labor that's included well, in it. <laughs> and, and there's a lot of things, a lot of, a lot of things that people don't recognize on a food truck that there is the food cost, there is the labor, but then there's also the propane for the truck. There's the gas for the generator. That's good idea. There's the gas for the truck to get there. Uh, so there's a lot more behind the scenes than just opening up exactly. the doors and serving good food. Exactly. All right. Well, we are getting close to the end here. Um, and I just have actually one last question for you, Paul. You clearly love what you're doing. And what do you like best about owning Burgerito and owning your own business? The best thing I like about owning Burgerito is um, it's becoming a household name. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's fun that when I'm with my daughter, we're you know walking around or doing it like that, and people will come up to me, and go, "Hey, Burgerito!" And my daughter will go, "Dad, you're pretty famous." And I'm like, "Honey, I'm I'm not famous. Just they know Burgerito. They don't even know my first name." It's um, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's it's really it's really great to create a name and uh, the energy 
and the flair that I have um, consistently. Um, it has its drawbacks. You know, you work like a Hebrew slave, you know, but you have to see the rich rewards. And basically, as an entrepreneur, you have to keep your eyes on the prize. I 100% agree on that one as well, as always. So is there anything that we haven't touched on that you would like our listeners to know about you or a burgerito? Um, well, you know, now... There's a lot of a uh, lot of talent out there, and I just recently found out about six months ago that the creativity that I've put into this menu happens such a large diversity that the menu is now officially the largest and most diverse menu of any food truck in the entire Western United States. That's Texas, California, up to the Canadian border. Wow. So what that means is nine times out of ten, if you can't find nothing to eat off this menu, you probably weren't that hungry to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I, I I can honestly tell you, I always I always go there for the burgerito, but I'm really interested in this new cold cut sandwich of yours and the forget about it. We'll forget see how. about see, it. See, I've officially named it. <laughs> You've heard that first on Tucson Business Radio X. We just named Burgerito's new sandwich, um, but. And I'll honestly, please check Burgerito out. They're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, Burgerito. Check them out. Um, that is Burgerito with two R's. So B-U-R-G-E-R-R-I-T-O. For those it? who hooked on phonics, does not work for you. <laughs> <laughs> There's two R's. <laughs> um, but yes, honestly, well, that is actually all we have time for today on Connecting Tucson with Jamie here at uh, the Stuart Title Studios or corporate offices. I apologize. If you like the show, please let us know. You can get to know a little bit more about Paul and Burgerito by going to TucsonBusinessRadioX.com and click on Connecting Tucson with Jamie or go check out his websites. Um, as always don't be afraid to step out of your comfort zone and make a new connection you never know where it might lead until next time keep on making unique connections tucson love you 